You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation brought to you by Onyx Maps. Now, if you are unfamiliar with Onyx Maps, it is a digital mapping app. You just download it, you put it on your phone, you open it up, and guess what? A map appears, right? It works with your phone's GPS to know your exact location at all times, and then it also allows you to leave waypoints and track your movement throughout the land. Uh, the, the land. Like, if I am scouting for deer and I find a scrape, I can leave a waypoint. If uh, I place a tree stand deep in some public land, I can leave a, a waypoint. So I always know where all this information is at. And as we all know, all this data that we collect throughout the years helps us be better hunters. Onyx also has layering features, right? That allows you to find public lands. It allows you to find trailheads. It allows you to find the name of landowners if you want to knock on a door and see if you can't get permission. So if you want to find out more information about Onyx and their digital mapping app, go to onyxmaps.com. Welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Parker McDonald, and this is episode number 52. Today we're talking about Georgia mountain deer hunting public land with my buddy Jonah Abraham who I got to hunt with a couple of weeks ago in Georgia. It's going to be a great episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. This is the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. All right, welcome back to the show this week. Hopefully you guys are having an awesome week. Hopefully big deer are dying across the south. I know they are. Man, I am so jacked to get back in the woods. I have not been back in the woods. And y'all are going to think this is stupid, a lot of you guys. But I haven't been in the woods since last weekend. Um, but I'm, I'm jacked. We got a cold front coming through tomorrow. It's rainy right now and cold. But tomorrow is going to clear up, and I think it's going to be like 29 degrees at 7 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. So I am going to be in the woods. And uh, hopefully tomorrow and Saturday, if the wife says it's okay, we're going to be chasing deer around Alabama public land. I know a lot of you guys are doing that as well. I appreciate all of the success stories that I've been uh, been sent over the last couple of weeks, man. I know you guys are tearing them up. It's just been a really good uh, good couple of weeks. It's good to be back in the deer season. But here's the deal. It's about to get lit across really the whole U.S. Um, this first week in November, I think we're going to see a lot of deer die, especially with this cold front coming through. Man, it is the best time of the year. It is the absolute best time of the year, and I'm so excited about it. All right, today we're talking with my buddy Jonah Abraham, who um, I, I talked about him a little bit in the last podcast episode because I got to hunt with him in Georgia, uh, what was it, two weeks ago for a, a morning hunt, and man, this guy really put me on some deer in uh, in Georgia. We went into a spot that he hadn't really got to hunt a whole lot, but I think we saw like 20-something deer in that one morning sit, I ended up making a fool of myself, embarrassed myself, and missed, but uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a great episode. I, uh, I don't want to take up too much of time, too much of our time with this intro, so let's get into the episode with Jonah Abraham of Georgia. 
All right, everybody, on the line with me today, I've got my buddy and actually my new uh, my new hunting buddy, um, Jonah Abraham from northern Georgia. Jonah, what's going on, bud? What's up, man? How are you? Man, I am doing really, really good today. Uh, been up, let's see, it's 930 right now. I've actually been up for six hours already today. Jeez. And uh, yeah, you got me beat for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I have. So I have this bad habit of uh, falling asleep in my little girl's bed whenever I tuck her in at night and I'm like um I've got I've just got a, a problem if I lay my head down and close my eyes I will go to sleep and <laughs> and my wife she'll try to wake me up and she she tells me every morning if I do this or I fall asleep on the couch she tells me every morning it's like I tried to wake you up and you looked at me and I'm like I don't remember any of that um <laughs> And so, so I, I fell asleep in my little girl's room and uh, woke up. She was like rolling all over the place. I, I don't know how something that's only 25 or 30 pounds can like just completely be such a bed hog, but she is. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, she's a, it's her bed, so she can do what she wants in it. But um, yeah. so, so I've been up since about 3.30 and just working on stuff and you know, starting the day. Um, but how about you, dude? What's going on over there in Georgia? I don't know a whole lot, man. It's been raining for like the past three days. It's been kind of warm. Um, I haven't been in the woods since Tuesday afternoon, I think, is the last time I hunted. And there's only uh, one piece of public right around here that's open right now. And it's an archery-only WMA that's open all year long. Um, I've been hunting it a little bit. It's actually the one me and you hunted at when you came here. Um, yeah, I've been hunting some spots around there, just trying to find some more deer. And I found another swamp on the other side of the highway um, that is not hit too much. Um, so I've been hunting it, found some good deer shine, found some good rubs in there, um, found some fresh scrapes. And so I hunted it a couple of times, saw a few deer, but I haven't seen anything impressive yet. But uh, it's a cool WMA to have. It's only 2,000 acres, but it's cool because right here at the house, it takes me about 15 minutes to get there. And uh, I can be there and hunting, you know, it's just a nice little, nice little area and it gets overlooked a lot. Um, But actually when I was over there on Tuesday afternoon, this, I walked past the gate, there's like a concrete pool in and there's a gate and then you, you're back up to like 900 acres right there of the WMA. So it's like half the WMA that's behind this one gate. So I was walking by the gate and I started smelling something that smelled like something dead and I was like, what the heck? And uh, so I, kept walking down there's like a little trail access path that everybody uses walking down that trail and somebody killed a really nice deer probably look the body looks like probably like a four-year-old deer and they just left the whole deer there and just cut the antlers off and oh, uh, no. just left the rest of the deer so it's classic you know uh, i hate it but you know it is what it is um so Dude. i called the dnr got the guy there and uh he took the deer or whatever and did, did his thing with it so but I just can't stand people. I think it, there's a nice deer that I know is hanging around, like right where that access path is. Nobody hunts like immediately past that access path. Mm-hmm. So I was hunting. There's a little draw that goes to the right, and you, most people just walk right past it, but it goes to the right. So I walked up that draw, found a super fresh straight that had a really big track in it, and I have a feeling that might have been the deer, um, just because his track, like his feet were pretty big, um, and it was right there in that area. So. I don't know if somebody killed him at night or, I mean, who knows? I mean, I guess he could have been hit by a car, but it definitely looked like a bullet hole in him. So. Dang, dude. But 
other than that, it's the last time I've been in the woods this weekend is the girlfriend's birthday, so I'm going to try to lay out of it for this weekend and uh, keep her happy. And then next weekend, I have a trip planned um, down to middle Georgia on some national forest down there, and uh, I'm going to see if I can make it happen down there. So I'm pretty excited about that. Heck yeah, man. So uh, so we went out. I, I, don't think, I haven't really talked about it on the podcast much because the last episode we talked about um, – the buck that I had. You're so stoked uh, about that giant deer you killed. Yeah, we talked about that, which we can talk <laughs> about that more if you want to. That's really okay. No. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, so I hadn't really got to talk about my trip to Georgia, so I didn't get to hunt a whole lot in Georgia, but I did get to hook up with you whenever uh, I was on my way home, and uh, I just left a little bit early from the place I was staying at, met you, we went into this place, and dude, I mean, it was just... That was an insane morning for deer sightings. Um, I know, dude. It was, it was lit up with deer in there. It was, I mean, we were just covered in deer all morning. We probably weren't sitting like 150 yards apart. And both of us were seeing deer. And I actually missed twice that morning. Um, <laughs> so so uh, a guy I've never met before that is a, a fan of the podcast um, takes me in and i totally just screw up his whole area like a complete noob <laughs> and scare all the deer away and uh probably haven't seen any more deer in that spot is that pretty close no to right? actually i actually went back um let's see what day was it i went back probably three or four days after me and you hunted there we had that cold front come through uh-huh. and uh i hunted in there again one afternoon i actually bumped into another young kid um, we were both like sneaking down to that swamp and he was coming in from one way. I was coming in from the other and we ended up just kind of bumping into each other. And, uh, he said he had seen some good deer shot on the other side. I saw some good deer shot kind of where me and you hunted. So I was like, all right, well, look, I was like, you're already down here. I'm already down here. I was like, you go over there, hunt. I'll go over here and hunt. And, uh, we actually ended up seeing probably, I think another 17 deer between me and him. So they're definitely down there. Um, and it's a pretty, I think what keeps most people out of that spot is number one, you have to cross that swampy stuff. I mean, me and you were probably what knee deep or close to knee deep in yeah. in muck, and then we had to cross a creek. So um, all that stuff is probably keeping a lot of the hunters out. They're all hunting that first edge of that swamp, like right when we came off of that ridge, and then that swamp is right there before you have to cross all that stuff. They're mm-hmm. all hunting right there, and there may be deer right there, but I think all the deer stay on the other side of that creek because they know all right, this is where the hunters are, and this is where they're not. So um i like that spot it's a pretty cool spot i definitely want to try to hunt there at least one day during the rut um because i've seen a few bucks down there i haven't seen anything massive um but that guy the younger kid that i saw that night he said he saw probably a pretty nice three-year-old eight corner um so i don't know what he looks like i don't have any cameras down there but who knows i mean i'd like to hunt down there during the rut there's been couple of decent deer killed off of that uh wma and you know so i'm sure there's something down there heck yeah dude i mean i i would be very surprised as much buck sign as we ran into that morning i would be surprised if uh the rut is not just, just a, crazy down there uh, yeah. yeah just a riot down there it seems like <laughs> it seems like one of those areas you go into you kind of dream about it's and it's really weird the way it sets up because it, it is a marshy like swamp and and you don't find a lot of those out here especially up there in the mountains of north georgia like it's just not it's just not something you expect to find and and usually like when you find something like that sorry to interrupt you but usually when you find something like that it's usually full of hogs and this wma has i I have found zero hogs on there so that's really nice 
um, that you don't have all those hogs. Because usually if you find like a monkey area like that where you would think, oh, this is probably going to hold some big deer, then when you get down in there, all you see is like hog wallers everywhere and muddy trees and all that kind of stuff. But there's none of that down there. So That's awesome, dude. So so we, we went in there and hunted, and I embarrassed myself. Uh, we'll end that story right there, but it sounds like sounds like you got some plans to go in there uh, once the rut starts kicking up, and uh, and hopefully go and kill you a big deer. So what, speaking of that, like what is what is the um, kind of the buck movement like right now up there in North Georgia? Uh, it's been really good, man. I follow a couple pages like on Facebook, and there's been a lot of bucks getting killed. Um, there hasn't been a lot. There was just a gun hunt. So the WMA that I mainly hunt is even closer to the house than the one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it it holds a lot of good deer. Like I have probably, I ran three cameras over the summer, three cell cams, and I still have them out there, but two of them are dead. Um, and I probably have 15 or 20 deer that I would shoot um, on camera. And, you know, obviously I switched around spots, you know, like every two or three weeks I was switching, switching the cameras around, just trying to figure out what was in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, but surprisingly, the one buck that I've killed this year was the one that I've never had on camera. But um, there's there's definitely some big deer here, but they just had the first gun hunt um, last week, and I hunted pretty much every day of that. And um, there's a lot of pressure, but the pressure – like I did more, I did probably more driving around, um, in the middle of the day. Like I would, I would hunt until probably 11 o'clock and then I would get down drive around until probably like three. And then I would hop back in the woods and I was just trying to figure out where the pressure was, where people were going in and all of the pressure is coming from the WMA road, but like little dirt roads that have gates that are open right now. That's where all the pressure is. Like there's one road that I ran some cameras on in the summer and I have a lot of nice bucks in there. And so I went down that road and there was like 14 different cars on that one road, but they were all hunting the spots that were like food plots or, um, just open hardwoods. Like I could just tell all the people were just not hunting, but I mean, they may have seen deer, but I just don't think it's spots where you can kill big deer. And, uh, there was actually no, no bucks killed on that whole hunt. Um, so that was pretty, pretty weird. Um, but not, I did meet so there was, a hunter. there was not any bucks killed off that place, that whole hunt. Not a single buck, not a single buck. Wow. There was like, there was like four bears and like 20 something does, but not a single buck. Okay. Um, and it got some good pressure, but the, the good thing that they do, um, is they run the hunt is mostly during the middle of the week and then you get Friday and Saturday. So most of your, most of your pressure comes on Saturday when everybody's off work mm-hmm. and then by that time the deer have kind of figured out all right this is where all the hunters are coming in so this is where we need to stay away from um so i mean i'm not saying these people are doing anything wrong but it's just not the way i would like to hunt and so it's, it's kind of nice to be able to drive around and see where the pressure's coming from mm-hmm. but uh i did i did bump into another shadow hunter um at the at the end of this road there's a field and during the summer i ran cameras in this field because they had the gate closed and it's like a three mile long road and so in the summer, I have an electric mountain bike. The gate closed. I took the electric mountain bike down that road, put cameras in that field because I knew nobody was going to be walking three miles during the summer. Um, so put cameras in that field, had three really nice bucks in that field. And uh, now the gate is open. Literally, you can drive up to the edge of that field. And so um, I drove down there because I had a plan. The, the field is right on a river. And uh, I had a plan to 
across the river and there's a nice little chunk of public on the other side of the river. I had a plan to get in there, cross the river, and then hunt on the other side of the river because I figured maybe by the time all that pressure is hit, those deer maybe have crossed the river and they're staying over there. So I met another guy and he had the exact same plan I did. He was getting ready to go in. So I was like, all right, I'm just, I'm just going to go to a different spot. I, like, I don't want to mess you up. And he happened to be another shadow hunter, which was really cool. Um, so we talked for about 45 minutes and uh, I was like, all right, man, good luck. So I got his number. We texted back and forth a little bit. He didn't end up seeing anything, but he said there's a ridiculous amount of sign across the river over there where nobody else is hunting. Cause you have to have waders across the river. It's about chest yeah. deep. And uh, so you either got to have a kayak or river or, or uh, waders and nobody. So like, I know in Alabama, I don't want to jump around on subjects, but I know in Alabama, like I always see you, you guys have like boat ramps at your rivers and we don't have that. So like you, if somebody's going to kayak in, they just got to carry their kayak down to the river and then get in. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's bridges, but they don't have any like access path down to the river. It's literally just a straight drop off down to the river. So that's one thing that I see that you have an advantage with in Alabama. And I think you guys have some bigger rivers there. The rivers I'm talking about are pretty shallow. They're more like trout streams than they are um, like a big, deep river. Yeah, so, that's that sounds – it's more similar to um, a lot of the stuff that I'm hunting in Tennessee. So Tennessee is that way. So Alabama – Alabama doesn't just have like a ton of rivers just in general, you know, close to public land. I'll say that. Um, yeah. Like it's not – there's a few like you know uh just an example wheeler wildlife refuge is basically on the alabama river so there's a lot of there's a lot of access right there and then um a lot of the tva land the tennessee valley authority land uh, a lot of guys listening to this will know what i'm talking about but it's uh it's always it, it always seems to be on the edges of the water. So you'll have like really small pieces of property on the edges of the water or, or, um, the, the, um, kind of streams and stuff around that North Alabama area. But, um, there's a few, um, that I can think of, but not just a ton. Um, but a lot of times, you know, you will find those, uh, canoe and kayak launch points. There's actually, this is a good resource and I wish I could, I wish I could remember what it's called. I may, while I'm sitting here babbling, I may look it up. But there's a a website that um, will tell you where all the, like, people can mark all their kayak launches. Um, and it's, like, basically just a hub of different pins on a map that sh- show you every kayak launch. Pretty much, not everyone, but a lot of them in the U S and I can't find where it's actually at online, but you can look it up. Um, hmm. anyway, That'd be a pretty good resource. Yeah. It's, it's a really, it's a really great resource. And I, I used to use it a lot when I first started doing this, I was using it all the time and I cannot for the life of me remember the website, but, um, just look it up like kayak canoe launch points, around the U S and it's, it's a pretty cool deal. And, and one of the things that it does is you click on it, you go to your area or whatever you click on it and it'll tell you the condition of the, the launch. So if it's a ramp, it'll say concrete ramp, everything's good. It's well-maintained. If it's a mudslide, it'll say it's a mudslide, kind of hard to put in. You can't really back straight up to it. You'll have to drag your kayak, you know, so many feet or whatever. So people can go in. It's kind of like a Wikipedia for, for kayak 
and canoe launch points. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I'm sure you might you might find some stuff like that in Georgia. I actually got the idea um, from a guy. I can't remember what page it was on, but he posted a picture on a Georgia deer hunting page. Ah, man, years years ago, probably five or six years ago, I saw it there, and that's what first kind of put the whole idea in my mind. So I know there's a lot of there's a lot of water access there in Georgia, but really where you're at, um, you're kind of having to think a little more outside the box because you're more in in mountainous terrain. Yeah, um, it's more like they're rivers and they're big and they have deep areas, but they're really shallow in most areas and they're not yeah. super wide. Um, and most of them don't run by main roads. I mean, they do in a couple of spots and sometimes they have a bridge but usually the bridges, like that's where everybody's going in to go fishing and stuff like that. So um, usually when I'm thinking about crossing the river, I'm usually taking in either you know hip waders or even chest waders, depending on which river it is. Because um, I do I do some fly fishing during the summer, so I know these rivers a little bit in terms of how deep they get, and like some of them can get over your head deep in spots, and it can be really tricky to read them because you know you have fast moving water. So. It's, it's really cool, um, and I think there's a big advantage to crossing the rivers because there's a lot of public on the other sides of the rivers that have no road access in terms of behind them, so like it's all backed up to private land. Yeah. Um, and so it can be really advantageous to you if you, you know, just invest in, like, eating some cheap hip boots from Walmart for 40 bucks. I mean, you can, you can really get in some places that other people aren't going. And I know – I just know the southern – Southern hunters, how they think in terms of how they're going to hunt and how, you know, how, they, how they've been brought up hunting. And a lot of it is not, they're not thinking about getting their feet wet while they're hunting. So um, a lot of people don't hunt like that. And so I think that can be a really big, um, really big advantage for somebody that is, you know, thinking about hunting up here in the North Georgia mountains is think about crossing the rivers um, think about going up the steep hills that nobody else wants to walk up. Um, and those kind of things can really lead you into some better deer hunting. Um, cause don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot of times if you hunt, like maybe I was brought up hunting, um, where you're hunting private land and you're hunting the pretty spots, the big open hardwoods, you can see deer, but you're probably, if you're, if you're bow hunting, like I am, like I, I don't ever take a gun in the woods anymore just cause I don't really get, I don't get as much enjoyment out of taking a gun in the woods as I do a bow. So I just, stick with bow hunting and I don't have anything against bow gun hunting. I think it's awesome. That's um, good. I just don't really do it anymore. That's good because I love the um, gun hunt. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyways, so I, I bumped into that guy. I was like, all right, man, good luck. I'm just going to back out. I'm going to go to a different spot. So, um, I have another deer on the same WMA. So this WMA kind of runs and you looked at it on the map. Cause I remember you said that you had some um, stuff marked on it. You were showing me on your map because mm-hmm. when you were coming to Georgia, this WMA kind of runs north to south and it's really long and skinny in terms of how, how the land is built. It's like a north and south. So it's built like north and south. So you can be 30 miles north and be on this WMA or you can be 30 miles south. Um, but east to west wise, it doesn't run that far. So, uh, you can get, some of it is really mountainy and some of it is not super mountainy. Um, so I found this spot and I'm sure a lot of people know about it, but I never knew about it. Um, I found the spot on the farthest north of this WMA. It's literally like the farthest north part, and it almost goes into the 
to another county. Um, and so I started focusing on that area a little bit early in the summer. And cause the, I talked to the DNR, uh, ranger that runs most of the WMA and he was like, you know, if you want to find some older age class deer, he's like, you need to get up in the mountains cause that's where I've seen most of them. So I started focusing kind of up in that area. And the first spot I found was, so you pull in, you pull in off this road and there's a parking lot where everybody parks. And during the summer, the gate was closed. During both season, the gate was closed. But then as soon as gun season opens, they open the gate. And the gate, I mean, the road probably goes three or four miles down into this down into this big bottom, I guess you could say. And there's a lot of hogs in there, a lot of bear. Um, so the first spot I found was literally directly next to the parking lot. Um, and I was walking. I was just kind of checking it out because I was trying to find the overlook spot. And that's what I always look for is just something that's, a little bit overlooked compared to what everybody else is hunting. So once that gate is open, everybody's going to drive right down into that gate and they're probably not going to park in that little parking lot just because right there at the gate, right there at the main road, there's like, they're building new houses and stuff up there. So it's kind of loud. Um, so I, I started scouting this little ridge that's like right on, right next to the gate. And I found some good deer sign up there, like some old rubs and some um, just beds and like stuff like that. So I was like, all right, this is, you know, holding deer. And I ran a camera up there, and literally two days after I put the camera up there, I got this picture of this giant eight-pointer. Um, he's probably probably like pushing like 140, I would say. And wow. on public land, that's like super rare. And so I got super excited, and I knew it was going to like consume my entire season to try to figure out how to kill this deer because he was right here at the parking lot, and he was like, I mean, he's just so close. And I knew nobody else was really hunting there because there's no – one thing you can definitely tell, and I'm sure it's the same with Alabama, you can tell when people are hunting spots because there will be bright eyes all over the place. And yeah. so there's no bright eyes going into this spot. Um, there's no tape. There's nothing like that. So I just felt like there, nobody had really been hunting there. So I hunted it one time. I think I actually hunted opening morning because I had the right wind for that ridge where I thought he was bedding. Um, and I hunted opening morning just to see if he was still in there. Cause he was, he was showing up in daylight in the summer and this was like late summer. It was actually, you know, September, like first, I think when I got my first picture of him. So it was, you know, season was almost open. Like it was really good timing. And I was like, dude, this deer is showing up in daylight. Like I could probably kill this deer if I, if I time it right. And so hunted opening morning, um, didn't see him, saw two other deer and he had two other decent bucks that he was running with. And like every, I had a camera really, like I found some bed and I had my camera right over those beds because I thought he was going to be possibly bedding there, but they ended up just being doe beds. And, uh, I got a lot of pictures of the does bedding down right there in front of the camera, but he was passing right by those doe beds, like he was going right behind them. And the top of this ridge, I don't know how to explain it, but the top of this ridge is like, it's pretty open, but it's so open that it lets a lot of sunlight down to the ground. So all the undergrowth is so tall. I mean, it's everything is chest to head head high in here. So you're walking through this stuff and you're just kind of pushing your way through it. So it's the, the hardest part about this spot is getting in there quietly. Like if you don't have a windy day, you're probably better off than not even try to go in there because there's a lot of deadfall underneath this stuff. And so every step you take, you're breaking sticks. Um, and then on top of that, you're snapping this stuff you're walking through. And then especially as it gets colder, it's starting to die. So it's just getting louder. So um, I hunted, like I said, I hunted open, open in the morning, didn't see anything. And so I just like, all right, I'm just going to back off this spot 
and I didn't have a camera in there. Well, I met this guy that lives on the road. Um, when I was scouting down there, I met him and he's a bear guide and he doesn't, he doesn't really deer hunt. He just, he, people pay him to take him bear hunting up there. And so he was telling me, he's like, yeah, he's like, I've, I've actually hunted up there before. And he's like, I've, I've seen some nice deer up there. He's like, but you don't have to worry about me. He's like, just tell me when you're going to be hunting up there. And I'll make sure I don't have any of my clients. Cause he's like, bears use that ridge a lot too. So I was like, all right, cool. So he texts me, let's see what day was it? He texts me, um, probably like, I don't know, it was right before this first rifle hunt opened up. Yeah. It was and the day, said, it was hey, the day I was with you. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And so he texts me and he's like, Hey, um, this guy that I took bear hunting is from Kansas. And he said he saw the biggest eight pointers ever seen in Georgia up there on that ridge. And so I was like, all right, that's gotta be him. Like, there's no way there's anything bigger than that up there. And he was like, the guy's not interested in shooting it because he's from Kansas, obviously. So he doesn't really care about killing big deer because there's plenty of them out there. So I was like, all right, sweet. I was like, so are you going to be hunting in there anymore? Or, you know, are you done with it? He's like, no, you can take it. He's like, get in there and kill him. So I hunted in there the, I want to say it was actually the morning. Oh no, it was the afternoon. The morning me and you hunted, I hunted in there at the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Didn't see anything. And I hunted, I felt like I, I was in the right spot. Like uh, I didn't see anything. I was like, all right, you know, he's not here. And the guy said he had seen him three times. So huh. I knew he was he was showing up in daylight up there like and i was just not in the right spot so i went back the next morning changed up my setup a little bit got on the other side of the ridge didn't see him and so like i said this stuff is so tall that i mean if a deer were to be on the other side of this this grassy stuff that you're looking at you would never see it and so i got down from my morning hunt and i'm walking out and just kind of easing my way through, trying to figure out maybe where this deer's coming through at, where he's going, and I bump him out of his bed. Oh, and, no. I mean, I see I see this deer jump up. He didn't smell me because the wind was in my face. He didn't see me. I think he just heard me break a stick, and I, I jumped down, kind of like crouched down into this grassy stuff, and I could just see his rack bouncing down the hill. And, Parker, I'm not even kidding you, dude. This is the biggest deer I've ever seen, like it, probably anywhere in Georgia um he's just super super tall and like the pictures don't even do him justice um but in real life he's just a giant and so i got super excited and uh i hunted there that afternoon because i knew he didn't smell me he didn't blow and i heard him stop running like he ran down the ridge and then stopped running so really what i should have done is thinking back on it hindsight 2020 i probably should have set up directly over his bed right then as soon as i jumped in and he probably would have circled back downwind and maybe I could have killed him. But I had some work stuff to take care of, so I had to get back to the house for a little bit. So I kept on – I went back to the truck and uh, came back that afternoon and set up over his bed. He never came back. So I, I quit hunting that um, for the rest of the week. I was like, All right, I'm just so take the pressure off of him. I'm going to interrupt you real quick on that because I think that's really interesting. So you, you bumped him out of his bed. You scouted there um, in the summer right and did you did you find this buck's bed then Uh, i don't know if i found his bed i found some beds that i think now that i think they're they're doe beds so let me tell you a little bit about where his bed is so you have that parking lot Mm -hmm. and then you have the ridge and there's a bench on that ridge that i had no clue was even there and you can't really see it on a topo map like it doesn't really stand out but it looks like an old road bed that's cut into that ridge that has a bunch of fallen trees on it 
And this deer is literally bedding on the, on the bench of that ridge, looking over that parking lot. And he's probably 75 yards away from where everybody parks their trucks and where I had parked my truck. Yeah. And so he's just got, I mean, he's got to figure it out. He's smart. That's why he's big. And, uh, so he's betting, looking over that parking lot on that bench and there's just an easy escape route. He can go right down that bench and then be down in the next drainage and you'll never see him. And I think what happened is I think that morning I hunted in there, I think he came in there and bedded down and I just never saw him because that stuff is so tall. He was on the other side of it down on that bench and I just never saw him come in. Yeah. Um, so, so how are I you? Got word. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say. The guy told me basically, <laughs> the guy told me that uh, he was crossing the main road. Okay. And so on the other side of the main road, there's a private piece of property. And he said that they've got a corn feeder over there. So I'm sure he's just going over there at night, probably eating some corn, whatever they're feeding him. And then he's coming back because this ridge is so thick and tall and it's just an overlooked spot. I think he's coming back and betting on the private or on the public because he feels safe there. Um, and he can kind of watch everything that's going on. So, Anyways, I backed out of it, and we have another hunt coming up, and I might try to get back in there. I ran a camera up there for a couple of days, and it died. That had a, I had a scrape up there that was pretty close to his bed, and uh, the camera died. So I'm not getting any intel. So. All right, so so here's my question, and I you know I've I've spent a decent amount of time looking at North Georgia maps and trying to figure out you know how to hunt it the way that I would hunt it. So where I, where I'm hunting, it's terrain, you know, it's, it's steep terrain for the most part in a lot of places. Um, but it sets up a little bit different than what yours does. So my stuff is going to be, I have a lot of those really long ridges. Um, you know, usually like on a public piece or even on a private piece, if you're on a hunting club or something, the parking areas are at the top of the ridge and you're walking, you know, the top of the ridge to get to Greenfield or, or whatever. Usually it's a downhill walk from the parking area. Um, but it's, but it's a whole lot easier to find those really good steep ridges with the military crest, um, like kind of those little, uh, secondary points off of the main ridge where those deer are bedding. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not hard to figure that out once you kind of get the hang of it. Um, it's really not difficult to figure that out. Now, when I was in Georgia, uh, it was really hard to figure out, like, where are these deer bedding? Because every every ridge, at least from what I was seeing, it wasn't really necessarily a ridge. It was just a hill, and a deer could bed on it on any wind, And but it's all of them. It's every single – I mean, you stand on one, and you can throw a rock to another one that, that, yeah, would, that yeah. would look like- good. So what are you, how are Every you? Every ridge, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but I just want to kind of throw into what you're saying there. Every ridge, like I'm looking at a topo map right now to kind of show you or kind of so I can explain it a little better. But every ridge, so there's like, especially on this mountain that I'm talking about, there's, there's a ridge off of every ridge. So there's just ridges everywhere. And to me, finding the spots that have the benches on those ridge, like where you'll have a steep ridge and then it might, open up a little bit and then it goes back to steep mm-hmm. that's what you want to look for um but it's really it, it is really hard to figure out and I, I can't even say that i haven't figured out yet i mean i'm just trying to figure it out so and, here's um, here's what i think and this is you correct me if i'm wrong when i look at a map 
in Georgia, I'm like, I mean, I'm just pinning everything because where I'm at, everything looks like, okay, that, that looks good. That looks like deer could be bedded there. Looks like deer could be bedded there. That looks like it's got some hardwoods. It's probably got some good, you know, whatever, some good uh, acorns in there, whatever. So there's so many things that look really good. It seems like the best way to narrow it down or maybe even the only way to narrow it down to this is what what is going on is actually going and seeing it for yourself. Yeah, boots on the ground. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And boots on the ground um, out there is it's a bigger commitment <laughs> because yeah, <laughs> boots on the ground in the North Georgia mountains is tough. Like and that's one thing that I I realized when I was out there is, is like, man, I mean, you get up one ridge and it's not like you're up the ridge and you can just walk, you know, on that same ridge for a couple hundred yards. Like you get up to the top and then you're going straight back down and then going up to the top of another one and you're going straight back down. It's just up and down, yeah. up and down. And never really like, like you said, I remember that ridge, man, you were walking up to get out where that graveyard was at the top. Uh-huh. Um, as we were going up, you were like, dude, it just never ends. And that's really true. Like, they just, yeah. The ridge is just like, it never ends until it just gets to the top and then it flattens out for a second and then it goes right back down. Um, and so it's, it is, it's very tricky. And I, like I said, I haven't figured it out myself. I don't claim to have figured it out, but I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm starting to learn little traits about certain ridges that will hold deer. Um, and I'm really using like on, on a topo map, you know how like when the lines are really close, it's almost like shaded, it's like a shaded area. Yeah. So like deer, deer will bed above that shading. Mm-hmm. And even though just because it's so steep. And so they know that that's a quick escape route for them is they can just go right down that literal almost cliff and they can be, you know, a deer can handle that, but uh, most predators, a hunter, um, a coyote probably can't handle that as, as well as a deer can. Um, and so that's one thing that I've noticed is those literal shaded spots on the map mm. definitely tend to hold some bedding on the edge of those and they'll just bed overlooking that bottom or that cliff. They'll overlook that cliff and just watch everything b- below them. And they definitely still use the wind when it's at an advantage to their back. So they're going to bed with the wind at their back. So they can smell anything coming from behind them and they have a huge vantage point where they can just watch everything down that bottom. Um, and most of the time when you have steep ridges like that around here, it's open hardwoods. So they may be bedded on the edge of, I don't know, a mountain rural thicket, or, um, even if it's just like grown up stuff, like I was talking about on top of that ridge, they'll be bedded on the edge of that. And they'll just be overlooking that huge bottom where they can just see all, all that down in there. Yeah. And so are you, are you finding a lot more like, so one of the things that I always try to look for if it's available is heavy transitions so like that buck i killed the other day i killed him on like a three-way transition with a pine thicket uh an old clear cut and hardwoods all came together at that one point are you finding a lot of that or is there even a lot of that out there yeah there's a lot of transition um a lot of the transition you're going to see in mountains is you know what mountain laurel is yep it's just like that really it's a really hard type wood with like these big green leaves on it. It's really low to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of that transition. Now it doesn't show up on like a satellite map, like a, um, a transition from hardwoods to pines will, where it's like a literal line. You kind of have to really zoom in on the map and you can see those thick green patches 
Um, and then you can find that transition. And yeah, they definitely run trails along those transitions, um, top and bottom, but usually that mountain laurel is growing right on the side of the hill mm-hmm. and they bed right inside that mountain laurel. And you can get down in that mountain laurel and you can kind of walk their trails and you'll find spots where it's like a little open spot in the mountain laurel that overlooks these, you know, bottoms, maybe a creek bottom, um, or maybe a, um, maybe another thicket. I don't know. They just, they, they bed in areas where it's advantage to their eyesight more than their nose. I guess you could say here, it seems like, but I think, I think they still always are going to bed to where they can smell anything that's coming from behind them. Um, like that, that deer that I bumped the other day, it was kind of weird the way it was bedded because the wind was not at his back, but yeah. it was a crosswind on him. So Maybe I think maybe he was trying to bed to an advantage where he could smell that parking lot or anything kind of below that parking lot, and that would have been perfect for where he was bedded. So I don't think he was really because in that spot I think he realizes he has an advantage because he can hear anything that's coming from behind him mm-hmm. because you literally can't take a step without breaking some kind of limb. Um, like I mean, it's so hard to get in there quietly, and uh, I think that's kind of why he's bedding differently in there because he knows he can hear anything coming from behind him. He can smell that parking lot and he can watch that whole bottom. He was kind of looking over that whole drainage. So, um, I don't know, man, I haven't really, I haven't exactly figured it out, but I'm definitely working on it. Um, give me a couple more years and I'll, I might have it a little bit more figured out. Yeah. So speaking of that, this is your first year hunting on public land. And yeah, yeah and I mean, I've hunted public land some like throughout my life, my younger life, me and my dad used to do some WMA hunts and stuff like that. But this is my first year. I'm solely hunting public land and, uh, my dad owns some private up here and we have some good deer up there, but I just kind of got tired of like hunting the same old sets. Like you have your preset tree stands and it just, I don't know. I kind of got wore out of it. I didn't want to get tired of deer hunting because I love it so much. And so I was like, I got to change something up to where it just lights a fire back in me. And so, uh, I started watching your stuff and I started watching, uh, THP a lot. And like all those guys, it just kind of like inspired me to get out and, figure it out because there's a lot of guys here that there's a lot of guys that hunt public land, but they hunt it like they would private land where they hunt the same spots every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not, they're not being mobile. And that's what I'm really enjoying, especially about the saddle. I can just be mobile. I probably haven't hunted the same tree twice this year. I don't, I don't believe. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. So you so just kind of inspired like that. That's a, that's a really good reason to be, to, to switch to going to public land. And I hear that more than, um, probably any other thing is, you know, I was just kind of inspired to go do it. And, um, yeah. and that's, that's a really neat thing, especially for creators, you know, a guy like me who, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a master hunter or anything like that. Um, but just having guys on this podcast who hunt public land and all that, like they, it, it, it does inspire people to go out and try something different, maybe that they've never done before. And, I think it's really cool that you were able to do that and, and you were able to do that and you, and you did it well. Like, um, you know, you hear a lot of people, there is definitely a learning curve and this isn't the same for every person that just kind of bites something off, you know, kind of like what you did, but you were able to, um, really seal the deal pretty quickly. I, and I can relate with you on that because I, that's what happened to me whenever I decided to sell out to it. I, you know, I, started being really successful really fast. And so, um, it kept me, it kept me pumped up, kept me motivated. 
And now it's to the point where like you're never going to take it away. So let's talk about yeah. let's talk about your 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 first experience like or your first success on public land this season. Um, and I'm not going to give any of it away. I'm just going to let you kind of just roll with it and tell us a story. All right, man, that sounds good. So um, this is on the same WMA where I have you know some other pictures of these other good deer, um, and I I had hunted some of the spots that I had been watching over the summer. And uh, just trying to figure out the area. Um, and I knew there was a lot of deer in the area because every time I drive through here, I'm seeing deer across the road. And, like, I just I just felt like there was a lot of deer in the area. And so um, one day I had left my stand, and I was seeing deer from these other areas I was seeing, but I had missed a really nice deer, like, um, probably a week before I killed that other one, maybe two weeks. And I was kind of down about that just because it was a – I hit a little twig when I shot and it was like getting kind of close to dark, but it was still daylight enough like where I should have seen anything in front of him. And I was just really tore up about it. I mean, I sent you a picture of him. He's a pretty nice deer. Yeah. Um, and I was tore up about that. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to, I like, I love my favorite thing about this so far is just taking off one day. Like I'll be at work at the office and like, thankfully, and I really, really love this. My career allows me, to have a lot of freedom to be able to go hunt pretty much whenever I want. So, Mm -hmm. um, some days I'll just be sitting at the office, not a whole lot going on. And I'll just decide, Hey, I just want to go hunt somewhere new this afternoon. Just go and find a spot that I've never hunted before and just hop in it and just get deep and find, find the sign and hunt over the sign. So, um, it was, you know, the perfect time of the year as the acorns are really starting to drop. It's early October. So, you know, the deer are, still kind of on a summer pattern, but they're starting to switch over to their fall patterns. And, um, so one day I was driving back from my morning hunt and I was going to go back to the office and, and, uh, do some work. And I was driving down the road and there was a piece of this public that I never even realized it was public because there's no WMA sign. So I was looking at my Onyx as I was driving, which is probably not safe, but yeah, you well. know, I do it all the time. <laughs> um, so I was looking at my Onyx as I was driving, like kind of following myself and just watching the road and seeing where the public was landing on this road. And I didn't realize the whole one side of this road, the whole thing was public all the way up through it. So I found a little spot that something just told me, Hey, you need to go in there and look and see what you can find. And, uh, I jumped in there and literally like 50 yards off the road, there's a giant rub, like the size of my thigh um on a cedar tree and i was like holy crap dude this is a big deer in here and um it's not the deer that i killed i actually ended up running a camera on that um rub because it looked like to me like kind of like one of those uh what they call it signpost rub where they come by Uh and hit it every once in a while and that's exactly what it is there's been four different bucks hit on this rub um and it's just a big cedar tree they all come by and kind of freshen it up every once in a while and besides there's a really big scrape right next to it and then there's more scrapes down in this bottom um, so I found all this sign right here at the road, like literally 50 yards off the road. I'm finding all this sign and this is not like a super busy road, but I mean, it gets a little bit of traffic, you know, when it's rush hour or whatever you hear, you know, five or six cars every 30 minutes going down. It's not like super busy, but it's just, I mean, it does get some traffic. So, um, I was like, well, you know, the sign is here, so I'm going to hunt over it. And I have a friend of mine that kind of got into the public land thing with me. Um, he doesn't get to hunt as much as I do, unfortunately, just because of his job. But, um, he's been into it with me. So I texted him. I was like, Hey man, I like, we need to hunt here. And I was like, this is super fresh time early October. And you're seeing this many scrapes. Like I could see 
I have a picture. Um, when I found the scrape that's right next to that rub, it was literally wet where the deer had just peed in it. Huh. So I knew he was he was just in there, like probably within an hour of when I was in there. So I texted him. I was like, hey, get your stuff ready. I was like, I'm going to come get you, and we're going to sit this spot from like, you know, one until dark. So I came and got him. We sat it. We ended up seeing a buck, and he was on, he was bedded on the side of the ridge. I don't know how we got in there without him seeing us, but we were going in really quietly. We got in there, and we saw a buck bedded on the side of this ridge with a doe. And um, so we were watching him with the binos. We couldn't ever really get a really good look on him because it was pretty thick up in there. And he ended up getting up and then walking away the other way. And that was really early in the afternoon. It was like probably 4 o'clock. Um, when he got up and walked away and I could never tell which bucket was never, I, I still to this day, don't know which bucket was, but, um, so anyways, we saw those two deer and then we ended up seeing four more deer at dark that came down into the bottom and kind of fed around on some acorns. And, uh, so I thought, all right, I'll try it in the morning. So I hunted the next morning just to try set up in a different tree closer to where that deer was bedded and ended up seeing the same four does and I never saw a buck. And so um, I was like, all right, I need to figure out where these deer are coming from because they were all coming down this one drainage down into that bottom. And I've just, I've, you know, all the reading I've done and hunting scrapes in early October in the daytime is not really a great tactic just because most of the time, most of, the, most of that scrape activity is at night until you get more into like right now the later part of october early november that's when they, you might catch them on daytime scrape activity um and i'm not saying it can't be done i mean i'm sure they do hit them during the day but it's just rare mm-hmm. um so i was like all right i gotta back off these scrapes and that's really hard for me to do like when i find sign like that i want to hunt it over and over and over until i figure out you know until i kill a deer off of it but i had to drag myself and say look i'm not probably not going to kill him over that scrape so i gotta figure out where he's coming from and coming to hit those scrapes, like, where is he bedding? And so the next afternoon, I went in there, got in there at 12, and walked up this ridge. And it's one of those ridges, like me and you were talking about earlier, where it looks like a, it looks like a worm on top of this mountain, I guess you could say. Yep. And it's just a really long ridge, long, skinny ridge along the top of this mountain. And so I came in kind of in the middle of that. And there was a bunch of oats kind of right in the middle of the top of that ridge. And then to the left and right of it was pine thickets. And so I, I went, I had, I had looked over to the left a little bit and I actually bumped a couple of deer over there a couple of days prior when I was doing some other scouting. So I went the other way and there's like a little kind of an old road bed at the top of that ridge that follows into another thicket that it kind of opens back up for a minute and then it goes really thick again. So I wasn't finding any super fresh sign up there. I wasn't finding any, um, like one thing I always look for is just fresh poop. Like if I see fresh poop, you're like, all right, those deer are in here and they've been in here today or yesterday. So I'll usually set up that, that to me is better sign than a fresh rub or even a fresh straight because you just know that, you know, they've been in there. So, well, that's, that's um, what I'm always looking for too. Like, um, for example, in Georgia, there was tons of oak trees, like, there were white oaks all over the place dropping acorns <laughs> and and it was it was kind of the same thing as the bedding it was so hard to pinpoint where what well what trees are they hitting like there's oaks oh, everywhere yeah. it's like you can't do that unless you have boots on the ground and you can go underneath certain trees and you can see the poop that's i mean that's really yeah. the best yeah. thing 
for it is just find, finding that poop. So I was walking down that little roadbed trying to figure it out. And, you know, I was getting kind of discouraged because I was like, maybe he's not betting on here. I was like, because the other side of the road, the other side of the main road from where the scrapes are is really thick. And I walked in there just to kind of see what it looks like. And it's super thick. So I started thinking, well, maybe he's crossing the road at night and then hitting those scrapes. Um, and I didn't have any cameras in there or anything. And so I, I, uh, was getting kind of discouraged up there and it was running on like three o'clock. I'd been kind of easing my way through there for a long time, just really taking my time and trying to find, you know, fresh sign where it looked like maybe that deer was coming from, or maybe the deer were coming from. I just didn't know where they were at. And so, um, I walk all the way to the end of this ridge. Um, and I finally like right before it drops off, I found two white oaks that had a bunch of fresh poop underneath them. And then I found a crab apple tree that had literally been wiped out. I mean, there was no, there was one apple left on the ground that was bright green and the rest of them were gone. I mean, the, the tree was empty, but there was one apple left. And so I was like, all right, they've been hitting this really hard. Um, so I set up in one of the white oaks and I was really like, I wasn't super confident, but I was confident enough that I was going to see some deer. Um, but I just didn't know I was going to see a buck. And so set up and, uh, I'm sitting there, and I actually was talking to the camera because I hadn't seen anything all day. And, like, I got in there so quietly. I know I didn't bump anything. And I was just getting kind of discouraged. And it was getting, you know, like an hour before dark. And I was like, all right, the deer should be moving. So I was, you know, talking to the camera. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I was like, I haven't, you know, I haven't, I can't figure this deer out. And literally 10 minutes later, I see some legs coming through this pine thicket right towards me. So I pull up my binos and uh, sure enough, it was a nice buck. And I was like, okay, here we go. I was like, he's coming right towards me. The wind's in my face. I was like, it's going to be perfect. And so he literally walked right to the base of my tree, like probably five-yard shot. And I put the tack on him, and he went about 40 yards and crashed. So that was it, man. I, I, it was like so unexpected because I just didn't – I didn't know that deer was even in there. I mean, he's not a huge deer, but he's definitely a good deer for me on public land in North Georgia, I was super pumped about him. Um, but Definitely. I was, I was, I was super excited and I was just blown away that that happened just because I was so like, it always seems like right when you're so down and out and like, you're just about to give up and you're like, all right, I'm just going to go hunt some easy private land. And then all of a sudden, boom, that's when that happens. And, uh, and then, uh, so I was, I was super excited and, uh, he didn't go, you know, 50 yards. I gave him another hour and then, I called my dad and uh, called my buddy and ended up having my entire family come um, <laughs> to help me get him out of the woods. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so we got the deer cart, went up there and got him. Um, it was a heck of a drag out of there with the deer cart, but we got it done. And uh, so it was really fun, man. I'm, I'm, I was, that, that forever sealed the deal for me. Like I had a friend of mine text me the other day and he's like, man, we need to get a club so bad. And I was like, I was like, I'm sorry, man, but you'll never talk me into getting a club ever again. I was like, this public land stuff is way too much fun. And I was like, it's just, there's just something about not knowing what deer out there, not knowing, not knowing the land until you get out there and put boots on the ground and you're just hunting different spots every time. There's just something about that that has me forever. I'll be forever trapped with that now and you'll, you'll never get away from it. <laughs> yeah, it's true, man. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm at the point right now I have kids and uh one of them's an infant i mean he's like three months but he's a giant he's a big yeah. old fat baby but then i have a, a little girl who's two and a half 
and eventually they're going to uh, want a deer hunt. I, at least I hope so. And once that happens, I, I want to be able to do my best, the best job I can of being able to, uh, you know, cultivate that in them. Um, but I don't think the way that I'm going to be able to do it is by kayaking into public land <laughs> in Alabama and then hiking up a mountain or walking a mile and a half to hike or whatever. So, you know, I'm not going to say, I say never say never, right? So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to get on a hunting club one day again for them. And, uh, um, but I, I'm right there with you, dude, where like, there's just something about pulling a deer off of public land. And uh, granted, dude, like I'll, I'll be completely honest with you using the kayak on public land. I I probably have, I probably face less pressured deer than I ever did on a hunting club. Like I, Oh yeah. I get into areas where they're not, I mean, these deer just don't get pressured at all. So there's that aspect of it. That is pretty nice. I'm not going to say it's, it's harder to hunt. It's harder to, it's harder work to get where I'm going for sure. But, um, you know, there's just something about it. Like there's just something about it that is, that is very cool. And I, I don't necessarily always think that it's that you worked harder to get it or anything like that. It's just, it, there's just something about killing a deer on a piece of property that is available to anybody in the United States. Every yeah, U.S. Like my, probably my biggest, I guess, enjoyment out of it is just knowing that my taxes pay for this land and, you know, us paying our taxes pay for this land and I can hunt it whenever I want as long as it's open and I don't have to pay for a hunting club every year. And it's just like, there's so, there's like endless opportunity on public land because there's so many spots that like nobody else is going to walk to, or not a lot of people. I mean, as it gets more popular, I think you're probably going to see some of these unpressured spots become more pressured. Um, but there's just still, there's so many spots, especially like I haven't even touched. We have, uh, probably 200,000 acres of national forest right here at my house. That's really mountainy. Um, that there's been some big deer killed off of. I haven't even touched that. And I haven't even begun to look at that because I just wanted to ease myself into it. I went into it this year with a attitude that, I'm completely fine if I don't even kill a deer this year, but I just want to start figuring out this public land thing. And I mean, it, it turned out different than I thought it would. And I'm perfectly happy with that. But, um, I went in with an attitude, like I'm not expecting to kill anything this year. And it's been a great year so far. And it's probably honestly, man, like, I mean, I've always loved deer hunting, like more than a lot of things in life, probably more than I should. Yeah. But, uh, it's, this year has probably this has been the year that my fire has been extremely lit, and uh, I think my girlfriend is starting to starting to hate a little bit. But you know, <laughs> we we'll deal with that. That's okay. It's all stuff that can be can be dealt with. You just have to. I get really bad about my priorities getting out of whack whenever I start. You know, especially this year, like it's been really bad. Um, my yeah. priorities have been really out of whack. But I think well, that's listen, okay. dude, I know a really good podcast episode that you could listen to. Um, yeah, me and her already listened to it. And, <laughs> you know, she she took some good stuff away from it, and I did too. Um, and I really appreciate you guys doing that. It definitely helped us. Um, but there's still, you know, it just it get, she gets tired of being home alone at night and like 
um, me just not being there like every day of the week I'm, I'm out hunting or every you know, evening of the week at least I'm out hunting and she's having to sit at home alone until like nine and ten o'clock and she just gets tired of it but I think I think we'll get over it you know we'll get through it and we'll figure out a balance uh, and that's all that's what it's all about is just figuring out balance and figuring out what works for me and what works for her and you know what we gotta do to figure that out so yeah and you're not the only guy that I mean man there's a lot of us out there, especially in this public land game where it takes up so much of our focus, so much of our time uh, to be able to do it. And it's just, uh, honestly, man, it's just like, it's so captivating of, of your attention. And just, I mean, there's so much, like now we have Onyx maps. You can be sitting at home looking at your maps. You can be sitting at home, you know, listening to podcasts that are giving you more and more information. Um, there's just so much out there that you can be doing to to keep your focus on deer hunting that sometimes it's almost it's almost a negative thing. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the ladies just don't. I guess they just don't understand that. No, um, and you know I mean, what? They just don't have a hundred hundred mindset. <laughs> no, and I don't. You know what? I don't have a shopper's mindset, so I don't understand that. Yeah, so that's true. <laughs> they go they go out and do their own deal, but. Uh, well, well, Jonah, dude, we're running out of time, but congratulations on your buck. That is, uh, that is a an awesome, especially first year public land. Um, that's just that's insane. Like, it's a really cool story. Thank and, you, man. I appreciate it. And it seems like what you're doing is working, and I'm excited to see the, what the future holds for you, man. Thank you, man. Well, I hope you can get back out to Georgia maybe next year or something like that. We can do some more hunting. Maybe we can spend a week together out here next year. And- figure something out or i can come out to alabama one and congrats on your giant you just killed that was pretty sweet oh thanks man i appreciate it and yeah hopefully man i'd love to come out and hunt georgia a little bit more that'd be a blast all right man well i appreciate it all right thanks so much jonah for coming on the show today that was an awesome episode hopefully you guys learned a little bit about what it's like to hunt in georgia in the mountains and i i can't wait to see what this guy is going to do in the future because it it's really hard a lot of these a lot of these tactics and stuff that we're talking about it's really a lot to take in so quickly but it sounds like he's got a good hold on it so uh i'm I'm sure that this is not going to be the last that we hear from jonah so good luck buddy thank you again so much for coming on the show thank you guys who are listening for listening um man i i'm blown away every single time i look at the download numbers and um somebody sends me a, a message or an email or anything like that just showing support thank you guys so so stinking much um, another way that you can support Southern Ground is got by going onto the website that's southerngroundhunting.com slash store. We've got a lot of hats and t-shirts for sale on there and uh, we, we, we released a new shirt that's a, a saddle hunting shirt so you saddle, saddle hunter guys will appreciate that. Um, but there's just a whole bunch of stuff on there, hats, t-shirts, things like that you guys can purchase. Um, I wish I could give them away to everyone. I really do. But I can't do that. So that's another way that you can show support to Southern Ground. Also, you can go to the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel and subscribe. I'm sitting here right now on, what day is today? It's Halloween. It's October 31st. And, um, man, I've been watching the um, subscriber numbers change and the the view numbers change. I, I recently uploaded the video of the Big 8 Point that I killed last week. 
got that video up on YouTube and it's taken off like a wildfire. People are watching it and loving it. So thank you guys if you've watched it, if you've commented, if you've liked it, gave it a thumbs up, whatever. If you've shared it, thank you guys so much. It really means a ton. But if you haven't watched it and maybe you didn't even know we had a YouTube channel, we do. It's the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel and you can watch pretty much every hunt, um, it, pretty much every successful hunt that I've had in the last two years and then a lot of other hunts in between, um, kind of showing the the grind and the struggle that it that it is hunting public land, especially down here in the south. So go check that out. Give us a, a subscribe and a thumbs up. Click the bell so that you can uh, be informed every time we release a new video. Other than that, guys, I know y'all are going to be in the woods this weekend. And if you are, remember that God gave us dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.